0: Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence this evening. Tonight, Lord, I'd like to speak on the subject of the deaf and dumb spirit that is about to come. And, Lord, we've had it all along, but now it's coming in power. And I would like to explain what you teach us of how to deal with this situation in the time we're in. We know that the famine of the Word is coming. And when the famine of the Word comes, it means we don't have knowledge. We will not increase in knowledge not in the way we would like to increase. And it also means we have no right to call on your words. Besides that, it's going to afflict us very deeply. You give us a very interesting example of how to deal with this in um, Matthew 17, 14 to 21, and in uh, the stories retold in Mark 9, 14 to 29, in far more detail. And also in Luke 9, 37 to 32. Uh, Excuse me, 37 to 42. Now, each one of these passages give us important clues as to what this is all about. First off, in Matthew 17, the first uh, 13 verses of Matthew 17 are talking about, you were up on the mountain, you took the disciples, Peter, James, and John, up to the mountaintop, and you were transfigured with elijah and enoch or elijah and moses i'm sorry at that time with them that's very important for us to understand because this is an example of this time you were transfigured and your garments became light and you you shone like light and that is reflective of daniel 12 2 and 3 which is pointing to this very day this timing in this day when the people will shine because they're going to increase in knowledge. But you immediately went from that to this event. And in the scriptures you make known that God is guiding your footsteps. So all of these events that are happening are for our benefit that we might learn. And so you immediately went from the transfiguration when you come off the mountain and there was a great multitude of waiting on you. And that's what it it came, and you. it says in like Mark 9.14, 9, it says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and the scribes disputing with them. And um, there was a great multitude. It, and it, it tells us that same thing in Luke 9. In verse 37, it says, Now it happened on that day, on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, that a great multitude met him. And uh, suddenly, in verse 38 in Luke 9, it says, Suddenly a man from the multitude cried out, saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out and convulses him, so that he foams at the mouth, and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored, So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Now in Mark 9, it goes into much more detail, and something very, very important is, is explained in Mark 9. In Mark 9, when the Lord is talking to the father of this child, this boy it's uh you know when the lord had rebuked his disciples when he said oh faithless generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i bear with you bring him to me now very important here is that the lord is saying something very important uh, and and of course but what i'm pointing out is that he's saying to the generation the generation. He wasn't just talking to the disciples, he was talking to all the people present. How long will he be patient with them? And remember that we are in this time where he warns us in John 9, 4, 5, John 9, verses 4 to 5, that he's going to be taken out of the world. The light is going to be taken out of the world. He is the light. Because he is the one that gives us authority to receive the words of God that gives light and gives understanding to the simple. And understanding means... We have the knowledge of his words, we have a knowledge of his, which is wisdom, we have a knowledge of his works, which is, I mean, the the understanding of the fruit that they bear, in other words, the promises of God. And then, and uh, that's that part, then we have the counsel of the Lord, the fourth spirit. So in the fourth spirit, we have this fact that the demons are unable uh, to handle this. It's, It's likened to the uh, way of the harp. If you go back to Deborah's teaching and Judges, when she makes the song, she talks about they they had the uh, um, the uh, the the lyre, they had the tambourines, and then they had the flute, and then the harp, and that's what they played uh, when they overcome this um, Sisera and his army at that time, and <clears throat> it was a grins fantastic odds that they overcome it but the harp is always something very special we see in revelation 15 well first off you remember that david played it and uh, it calmed the spirits because the fourth spirit of god is the counsel of the lord unless you allow the spirit the evil spirit in you to want to replace the the, uh, the lord which is what the queen and all these people are doing. They're bringing forth their own kingdom. And and they said, I, I sat in meetings with some of the people in the system and they said, we don't need the Lord to come. We got it handled. He doesn't have to come. We're going to take care of the Antichrist and all this. And that's their attitude, these people. And these were high level people saying this. So what I'm trying to tell, tell you is that, you know, their attitude is they can come against the counsel of the Lord. Just like Saul. And Saul threw that spear. When David's playing music for him and suddenly turns and throws the spirit, tries to kill David. That is coming against the counsel of the Lord because the harp symbolizes the counsel. And how do you know that? If you go to Revelation 15 2 and 3, when the Lord is talking about those who overcome the beast's kingdom, they overcome uh, the, the beast, his number, his image, and, the, and the, his mark. And these are gathered before the Lord in a, on the crystal sea. And what it's saying there, very interesting, is they have harps of God. And, and the meaning of that is their harps are from God. So God has given them the harps. What does he do at that point when you overcome the beast? He's giving you the authority to become like a son of God, like his son. Not as Jesus, but under him, a little God. So he's given you that harp. What's the harp symbolize? The harp is symbolizing your authority to be over the counsel. In other words, to have counsel, to have wisdom and, and understanding, and the counsel of the Lord be present with you at all times. And that harp, when you have that harp in your hand, and you're able to play the harp because it'll play itself, actually, in the kingdom of God. Remember what it says in John 15, 7, If you walk, follow me, and you abide in my way, what you desire will be done for you, and you want that harp to play, and want to know how to play it, it'll be right there, you'll know, you'll just know, because see, God has given you the authority of a son of God, a little God, he says, John 10, 34 to 37, to those whom the word comes, they become like a son of God, so it's symbolic of the four spirit, and remember, the devil could not test Jesus more than three times, he had to leave him, for another time, Because he would not, that's why he says another time, because he could not test him the fourth time, because what's the fourth spirit of God? The fourth event. The fourth event is the counsel of the Lord. So the Lord can, if he comes against his counsel, which he's not allowed to do, then the Lord could just cast him out immediately. And overcoming right there, so Satan left him. He brought it up to three tests and left the fourth. He wouldn't do the fourth. So when you have this, that's what the harp music is Symbolizing as that, David does so much with the harp and the, and the Psalms. But even when you don't have a harp in your hand, and you have the Psalms, you have the words of God, which is what the counsel of the Lord is all about. And David gives you many. He he plays so many of these uh, things to the musical instruments and the ways of them, and he uses these various instruments to do things. The lyre is used with like the the first spirit, typically, is to cause people to, to turn out away from, from the world, choose the words of wisdom. Generally, you'll see the procession will start with the trumpets, which is the blast from the priests, because it's a call to come and hear the word of God. That's a calling. And then you have the way of the spirits. Now, God gives the heart. And that harp is so that you can be speaking that. Now, understanding that, you come back to this thing about the, the faithless gener- generation. Faithless, in other words, they have no faith. Very little faith. People today have, think they have great faith. And people are wonderful. Some of them love the Lord so much. But this guy says something very, very important. And we should grab a hold of this and understand our time right now. Because the Lord told us in Luke 21, 34-36 that all of us are caught in a snare at this time. He tells us in Zechariah 10.3 that he's angry with all the shepherds and all their congregations are goat herds because they don't know to come out when they hear the words of truth. They don't believe it. They don't want to come out. And that's bad. And what is faith? Faith, Paul tells you, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You have to have the authority of the Spirit, so you've got to call upon the Lord to get the Spirit of Truth in you that makes known His words, and we've got to ask Him for that Spirit to make known His words, which is the Spirit of Truth. Which He says in Luke 24, 44-45, that if we turn to Him, and Proverbs one twenty-three tells us this as well, it says if we turn to Him, He'll pour out His Spirit and cause us to know His words. But what's that do for us? If you go to Luke 24, 44, and 45, you'll see in Luke 24 and, and also in John 20 that he had already blew the Spirit upon these people after he came back uh, from the Father. He breathed on them the Spirit, of truth. And then he was able to speak his words to them, they received it. See what he tells you in Proverbs one twenty three. if you will hear about the words and then turn and, and cry out to him, then what's he going to do? He's going to pour out the spirit of truth and then he will cause you to know his words. The spirit of truth does that work in us. And Luke 14, 15 to 17 tells us the spirit of truth cannot enter any of us who are of the world. We have to set ourselves apart from the world by truth, which is what he says in John 17, 17, which is the word of God. Once we have that, then what happens in Luke 24, 44 to 45? He shows you. He says, when they received... The words, now, because they had gotten the Spirit, he was able to cause them to know his words, which is, the words are all the works of God, how to do the way of the works of God, to enable them, the ways of doing them, in the way of the seven spirits, four spirits, and so on. And what he's saying there is, then they were able to understand the Scriptures, because the Scriptures are all revealed, just like the Psalms. You can sing the Psalms, you can uh, put the songs in the music, you can do all those things. But there's a total difference when you understand what the words that David is speaking mean. Because David is writing in the pure language of the kingdom of heaven. And we're reading it in worldly languages. But if we would receive the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of the words of God, set apart from the world, set apart from those of the world, by his words, then we will be able to understand what David is saying in the fullness of that the words were sent out and the work they're sent out to do. Now, bringing you back to this Mark 9 and this Father, it said, uh, when Jesus answered them, um, I I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. See, he's talking actually to the Father, but also to the disciples. Because he said, generation. Didn't matter what position you're in. He's saying all the people don't have it. If you go to Psalms 14, 2, and 3. Psalms 53, 2, and 3. What's it say there? He says he looks down from heaven and no one understands. And no one does good. See, the good is the good works of the Father. And yet we see people healing. We see people prophesying. We see people casting out demons. But if you read... Matthew seven, twenty one to twenty-three, those people are in trouble of being found lawless at this judgment of the morning that's we're in now. The separation judgment. And he says, Depart from me, your work is a lawlessness. See, it's a law that we are required to be set apart by truth, because Jesus said it in John seventeen, seventeen. And he also said it in Psalms one nineteen, one forty two. David repeats it. His truth is law. You have to receive his truth. You have to receive his words, John seventeen seventeen. They give you understanding and they put the light in you. If you want to shine like Moses, what are you going to do? You're going to get the words of God, the knowledge of the words of God, the entrance of his words, gives light and gives understanding to the simple. Psalms 119, 130. So, here we, this father responds to Jesus and he says, Then they brought him his son to him, and when he saw him, when the son saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed within him. And he convulsed him, caused him to be convulsed. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. I want to tell you what that's going to be. And you're going to be shocked about this. But this is pointing to right now, this day, and the separation judgment that's coming. The deaf and dumb spirit that's coming. It says he's going to be foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do nothing, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. We all have heard this message. We've all heard this verse, but what do we do about it? It goes on, Jesus says, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I've never heard this explained right. This is us right now. We have believers all over the world. We have people prophesying, casting out demons, and everything else. They have belief. They believe. They believe with tears. They believe and get on their knees. There's mothers that are praying, warlords, you could say. But they have unbelief. Why? He says, Lord, he's saying here, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But how can you believe what you will not hear? John eight forty three to 47 tells us Jesus was talking to these people. They believe they are filled with the Spirit like the church today, the, the preachers of today, the evangelists of today, the healers of today, the, the ones that cast out demons today, the prophets of today. They all believe that they have great Spirit and they, and they really do. This man was crying with tears with the Lord, but he didn't catch it. After the cross, I wouldn't doubt that he was one that turned greatly and came into the knowledge of truth but there's a problem here we today won't hear we will not hear the words and we're going to be judged by the words of god that the father says in hebrews 10 24, uh, 20, 24 to 31 he tells us when in there in this day he's going to cause the knowledge of truth to be received on the earth if we reject the knowledge of truth when jesus is calling out his voice See, in John 8, 43 to 47, he says, you cannot understand my speech because you cannot discern my words. And that's what he's saying here. You cannot understand my speech because faith comes by hearing. So your unbelief is because you can't hear his speech because you will not discern his words. That's the message the world is not hearing. And then Jesus spoke he says, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead. And so many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why can we, could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, this is my warning. We are in a time of great sorrow right now because I've tried to make known we are now have entered the morning of the day of the Lord. This is the seven-year reign of Christ. He has come in this time frame, the seven years, to confirm His covenant with many. Confirm, Daniel 9.27, confirm means... Not to state it, not to make it known. It means that he's coming to say to those who are keeping his way that he finds with his words, who set themselves apart from the world, he's going to come and confirm it to them. In other words, he's going to do the work. He's coming and he's going to rule over the heavens with a rod of iron right now. And he's testing us right now because we've been judged. All of us have been judged. The books are written. The book is not closed yet. The Father will close the book the minute He sends His Son to do the manifestation judgment. Until that moment, which we don't know how long yet we have, but it's going to be soon, we have an opportunity. And we would better turn. And tonight is a very important night to turn. This is the evening of the 23rd of Adar 2. This is the evening and you can say of Adar, when Moses, the Lord instructed them and showed them they are to put up the tabernacle one day, each day, and take it down for seven days. Even on the Sabbath, they're going to practice this. But then, they're going to put it up on the new moon of Nisan 1. See, the new moon of Nisan 1 comes after the 29th. So we got the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27, 28, 29, 7 days. They're going to put it up and down, up and down, up and down. But on the eighth day, they're going to put it up, the tabernacle, and it was it stayed. Eight is the number of regeneration. Seven is done because so that we can understand the times he's pointing to, because that's the seven thousand years, symbolic of that it takes to make the fullness of his kingdom, so it's pure. But in the six days we do now this is important for us because this is the sixth is the spirit of knowledge and he tells us in daniel 12:4 at this time he's pouring out his words to increase us in knowledge and we're talking about the knowledge of the work we're to do which he gives to us in daniel 9:24 where he says 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of sins to make reconciliation for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. This has to be done now. If you go and you look at John 5:24, he tells you if you believe in the voice, or if you hear the voice of the Lord, which means you're hearing the words of God, that he was sent into the world to speak, which is the knowledge of truth, his words that are set apart are truth. All his, the entirety of his words is truth, as you'll see in Psalms 119 160. These words that he set apart, these simple words, the small language, is what is higher than our language. He gave extra promises to them. And by doing the ways of these, we enable his good works. We enable it by doing the ways of the words in the ways of the seven spirits. And then we will have the promise of eternal life, which is what he says, In John 5, 24, he says, if we will uh, hear the voice of the Lord and believe in the promises of the Father, the good works of the Father, then we will have eternal life, which is everlasting righteousness, and we'll pass through these judgments. Pass through these judgments means we're not going away. It's not raptured right now. We've got to go through this time because we have to overcome the beast. We have to overcome the beast. That's this generation we've been given that work to do. And we have to understand that we're in the morning now. And that's what the Lord is telling us. When you go to Joel 2, 12, he says, Now therefore, says, The Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. When you return to the Lord your God and you ask him for his words, you'll cause them to be made known to you. Proverbs one twenty three, For he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Just like in the days of Jonah. You know, in the days of Jonah, the judgment of Nineveh was delayed because Jonah delayed. God has given us the evening, the midnight, and the rooster crowing, but we're now in the morning. We delayed all those times. We are guilty. And we better understand that the way he got Jonah to turn was he put him in the pit. In other words, he, he had him swallowed by the great fish and went down into the pit. And yet, we, we're not even worried. And yet, I've told you that the plagues that's coming upon the earth is likened to death, which is what the fourth seal judgment is, the counsel of the Lord. That judgment is like death. I wrote to you scriptures yesterday that told you dying is they're dying and dying a death. All right, Because they're going to have these plagues come upon them that are so bad, the ones that do live. And the plagues are going to be horrible on the people. And they're going to wish they would have died. Some of them. Others will understand. If they if they take the punishment and receive the terrible time frame, the Lord talks like it's going to be silence from heaven for a time of about a half an hour. That's a terrible time. God is trying to get us to turn so we won't go into these. But you notice what this deaf and dumb spirit is? it threw him to the ground and into the fire into the water the water is symbolic of the sea which is the world and into the 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 fire is the plagues that god's going to cast out of it and the evil words that they're bringing forth the works that they're trying to do it's symbolic of this day this whole thing was right after the transfiguration then comes this miracle it's pointing to today and in Joel 2, 12-20, the Lord tells us the way to do do this is we have to plead for others. Because the Lord wants to make a people, as He says in Numbers 14, Isaiah 11, 9, 11 and 9, Habakkuk two fourteen, The Lord wants to make a people. He's merciful if we will turn, but we better turn and realize we're going to be judged by the words of God that we will not even receive or hear about. You know, it's funny to me, People mock the words like, oh no, that's not true. But yet they go and do the traditions of the words. For example, they believe communion does something, that's bread and wine, and it's a special communion, a special communication with the Lord. But that's of His words bread, wine. And they believe in that communion, oh, we believe this. So yes, we, we believe it very much. We have bowed down to pray, but we mock the bow. We mock that the first sealed judgment is ascending of the bow. Why? The bow is you shoot his words, but he also means you listen to what he said in Joel two, which is weep and fast and mourn. Don't rend your garments, he says. Not you know when they nowadays when they mourn for the dead, they'll either mourn seven days, or if it's a real close family, they'll mourn thirty days. that's a typical morning time, and and they'll put on black and they'll cut something. Sometimes they'll cut a piece of their clothing to show their wound. But God says don't rend your garment because it's time to put on new garments so you can help others. See, he wants us to focus on other people and not ourselves. The humble are going to be raised up by God. Blessed are they, the peacemakers. But they shall see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is coming on earth before we rapture it out of here. Before we stand before the Father and get the, get the harp in our hand. But we can praise the Lord here now. And we need to have a revival very quickly because this is what it's all about. We have to do this. Be glad and rejoice for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's for us. Because that's what the, the Lord was showing is, look, the decision's already been made up on the mountain type. And the God says, you know, when the, the disciples are with him in Matthew um, 17, 1 to 13, is telling God spoke and said, hear him. They're not hearing his words. Even the disciples did not get the words until after the cross. Please, people, it's in the Bible. You can study it. You can see it. And the Lord is trying to get us to hear that. Because by these simple words, you can overcome the world. A child can overcome the world if he's given the knowledge. But the parents won't teach. The shepherds aren't teaching. All they're doing is ascribing for their own profit and their own personal position. That's why God says he's angry with the shepherds in Zechariah 10.3, Jeremiah 23, Jude, for this time. And they're doing what they're not allowed to do. They're going to the world's leaders and negotiating with them, which he tells them in Revelation 18:1-4. If you do that, you're going to be you're going to receive of their sins. In other words, this harlot that they're following, she's going to turn on them because she's got to get rid of all of her evidence, and she wants to kill nearly all flesh on the earth. So not only they're going to kill all their congregation, but they're leading them straight into death. I've explained this. They got the gas chambers in the FEMA camps. They're going to give you vaccinations that kill you, retort your time, make you dumb. All these things they're doing to us. The FDA was put in place to ruin the nutrition so that we would die earlier. God wants to give us life and restoration and increase our lifespan to what it's supposed to be, which is at least 120 years of age, according to the scriptures. But we won't do it. We've come to this time where seventy and eighty was about the average and now it's they're aiming to take it down to forty five, but they're really aiming to take it down to the population number down by getting rid of about seven billion people. Over ninety nine point six percent of the people on earth are gonna die at this time if we allow them to continue. And we don't have to overcome them. All we have to do is turn to the Lord fast and mourn and weep and god will intervene if we do what he says in joel two twelve to 20 it is so simple but if not we're going to receive these plagues and but first before the plagues come the plagues of god come and you can read about it in Zechariah fourteen twelve and many the, the the plagues for the curses and stuff that are promised to come at this time in leviticus and deuteronomy it's all coming but we can ex- escape that by this and why is I call it the deaf and dumb plague? Because God says he's bringing a famine of his word, which means you won't be able to hear the word from heaven. It's going to be silence from heaven. That's deaf. The devil's going to speak to you. It's going to convulse you. It's going to do everything it can to destroy you in this time. It's going to cause the people, you know, the, dev- the devilish spirits are going to get into the people. It's going to cause them to want to kill their neighbors. That's what the world is bringing. And we've allowed it because we've set the stage for it. We're allowing them to bring forth this hatred and the, we've allowed them to put in every kind of spy system you can imagine. It's been in there far longer than people understand. I've explained that before. But this deaf and dumb spirit, they're dumbing us down. I understand that even the water we drink, the fluoride in it is dumbing us down. Everything is causing our brains to work slower and, and be sleepy all the time because of the, not, what they did with the FDA and the, and the food and the GMO all over the world. All these leaders, like the Monsantos and that, these people are going to be punished by God fiercely. All the employees, all the leaders. But God says he's going to strike the merchants first. And you've got to understand that even the shepherds are merchants because they're selling goodly pearls instead of what they're supposed to do, and God is angry at them. Have you got God angry at you? That's a bad thing. They were supposed to buy the pearl at a great price it doesn't get sold. That's the words of God that never end you never sell that you do the way of the words for it and god's spirit goes out and does all the works for it and provides and they don't sell that we need to understand these things very importantly i pray that this is helpful now i'd like to point out something about fasting you know you can do any kind of fast that you desire at this time and you better be mourning because what he's asking you to be mourning about is what he says in Matthew 24, 21 to 22 and Mark 13, 19-20. Um, he tells you there that this world system is out to destroy all flesh on the earth and nobody's mourning. They, they see the war coming. They see this stuff and they don't listen to the Lord. People are saying Russia's going to do this and Russia's going to do it. China's going to do this. U.S. is going to do this. They're all together. There's no... I was in this system. They, they are all united as one. You know, it, it was the Crown Trust to build up the, Ru- the Russian technology and the Chinese technology so that, and their weapons and everything, give them all the financing and everything. That's the Crown Trust out of London doing that. They're organizing it. And the people helping them do it are Americans. Americans help them build the semiconductor facilities near Moscow and over in China. We've been helping these people. That's traitorism if you want to go by nations. But look what the Lord is doing here. I'll show you something interesting from Jacob. When you go back and you study in uh, Genesis 51, when they're doing the burial of Jacob. Now, please understand, Jacob is the founder of the kingdom as far as the nations go, the tribes, and, and the gates of the city of Jerusalem. And when he died, the normal time is very interesting the normal time of mourning in Egypt for one that's embalmed is 40 days but in Jewish for a close relative it's 30 days they mourn Moses 30 days they mourned Aaron 30 days and a normal person is seven days so what um, it records in Genesis 51 is that Jacob had his house and then mourned, but they mourned 70 days. Why 70? Because all the nations on the earth, the 70 nations that were founded in Genesis 10 through the the sons of Ham, Shem, and um, Japheth, those sons of Noah, those were 70 nations that were gathered there. And he had, God had given them instruction of where to disperse. They refused to do it, and they gathered in the Babylonian area. And that's what the One World Order is doing today. They're trying to bring all things under one. They're splitting the world up into ten nations, but at the end of the day, the little horn runs all ten. So it's running it. It's the hidden power behind everything, the little horn. And that little horn is going to be destroyed, and those ten nations of people are going to be left, but they're going to be tormented by God for seven years which is where we're in now because the dominion right has been taken away from the Crown Trust and all the leaders of nations. Trump doesn't have a presidency now because the winter come. He, he thinks he does. The people think they have power. God's going to show them that he's had the power and they're coming to their destruction because they will not turn and they will not bring the revival to their nations. This is their last opportunity. If they turn, as he says, uh, we're in the morning, which is the last warning he gives us in Matthew 24. And in this morning... We must turn. If we do not, the plagues are coming on these people. These leaders are going to be destroyed. The plagues are going to come on where they, they cannot stand. That's what this demon has cast them in. Well, in this time frame, these people are going to have their arms withered, the legs withered. The boils are going to be all over their bodies, even their heads. He said burnt by fire. They want to burn them by fire. That's this pain. And the only thing that kept that uh, boy from being destroyed more is the prayers of that father. It's obvious. He said it was very hard for them to get him to leave. But they got him to leave because the time hadn't come yet, but it was pointing to this time. And in this time, those demon spirits or the plagues that's coming is going to be on these people during that time because the Lord is going to allow them to hate each other and so on. The spirit's going to go out of the world, the restrainer. So what do you got left? This evil one. But to those with God, those with the words, Satan can't touch them because God is giving them something special. He's given him the authority, if we will believe, he'll seal us with the heart. Even though we don't get it yet, the fact is that he has it for us. In other words, we're allowed to call upon his words if we set ourselves apart at this time and do what is right. But first we must do the weeping and mourning and fasting. Joseph had 70 days of fasting. And then when they went uh, and, and took his father home to where he was to be buried, his bones to be buried later on when he, when they did that and they took him there they had another 7 day fast i think it's interesting that fasting was getting ready to put that put that body into the tomb where those the bones are symbolic and they carry the memory of the kingdom that's to come so I think it's reverse for us. We should first do a seven-day fast, just like putting up the tabernacle, because God is trying to reconstruct His tabernacle at this time, and that tabernacle He's trying to reconstruct is His kingdom within us. So these seven days beginning tonight is a great time to begin a seven-day fast, and then go into the other fast, whichever you choose. But De- Joseph honored 70 because that is the original 70 nations. And he did it because Egyptians have their fast of 40 days for those embalmed. You know, they put the liquid of the world in them and 40 is a very interesting number in that regard. And then you have the 30. And understand that the, the meaning of 70 is the eye, the all-seeing eye of God. It, it's, it's a very important number for us. It is the number of the way. It's the number of the the uh, wine, which is the eternal plan of God turning the water into wine at this time. In other words, those pleasing to God, all that's at this time. And it's also the number of the eye that God sees. So the 70 days is important to us as well. Remember what Jesus said 70 times 7? It's very interesting. That's how many times you forgive the people. This is a time to mourn for all the people on the earth that they will come out. That there's a hope at this time that people will turn. There is the wording in Daniel 11:45 that when, the, when, not the Antichrist, but when the king of the north, which is Rothschild, because the king of the north is identified in Daniel 11:43 to 45 as the person in charge of all the um, treasuries of gold and silver, which is all the nations' treasures of gold and silvers are controlled by the Rothschilds at this time, and the queen is controlling all the nations. She's the, under the Law Sea Treaty. She owns all the seas, and the, all the nations are considered as ships docked on her sea. Isn't that interesting? Because all the nations are connected to the sea by rivers, and so all the rivers flow, and they eventually come to the sea and that's how she's taking control over all nations. And they've organized them as corporations and their territories, for example, under military rule. They're only allowed to to govern themselves under her conditions, under her laws, which is enforced by her military, which the Admiralty Law military is enforced out of Washington, D.C., but all nations are assigned on to it. So even um, the United States russia and china are all together in this they're all together as israel all the nations are and isn't it interesting that she took they have taken the 70 nations instead of splitting the nations apart in 70 nations under their new world order they're doing 10 which is what the lord said they were doing he's you know he's causing the devil knows that he can only go so far he has to follow within the plan of god or he violates the law and God can throw him out. So he has to stay within those testings. See, he's only allowed to test us. So he has to test us against what we should know. And because we're not filled with knowledge, he's allowed to do this to us. So that's what he's doing. So they have ten nations, which ten is the number of the perfection of the earth, which is what she's trying to create. And this whole story of making the ten nations because we allowed this to be organized. They organized it in in, the 1960s. Even provided the documents out there people could see that it was organized as ten kings what ten kingdoms, and people did nothing about it in thousand nine hundred and sixty five we even took prayer out of school at the same timings so all this is coming about and and the Lord has told us this in advance you know the the leaders of the nations, including America and so forth, have already signed over their um, Sovereignty—they've already given away—and you even heard George Bush uh, preaching and bombing and all of them. Oh, we got to give up sovereignty. We don't need sovereignty like this. We need a, a world order, a one-world order. George Bush Senior was in the 1990s was on television stating this at the Iraq War and all that, which they're creating all the wars. And Washington D.C. is a sovereign nation not belonging to the rest of the country. Everything's a fraud. And we have to come out of this, because the Lord is going to bring His kingdom and His nations. That's what He says. He's coming to divide the, the world into His kingdoms at this time. Because He has now been given the authority of God to reign over the earth as king. And that is our job of 9, Daniel 9.24. So we should consider to fast like that, whatever way you want to do it, if, if you can fast. But this is the time for fasting. And consider what Joseph did, because I believe he was pointing to this time, because the Bible's filled with the knowledge of the root of this coming from Jacob um, and his w- efforts to bring forth the kingdom. He was zealous. And when he did that, then then uh, he was given the name of Israel, which is the vicarious governor of God. Which you've got to have the zealous part to bring forth the kingdom before you can govern over the world because right now we don't have the authority from God because we're rebellious and we're not set apart as holy, not set apart by His words as we're required to do as stated in John 17, seventeen All right, I've given you a lot to meditate on and pray that you'll hear this a couple of times and that it might do good for you. Lord, we pray you just fill them with knowledge, Lord, about this very important time that we've now started. And dear Lord, we're in the morning of your time because we've entered the spring. And we know that, dear Lord, the technical timing that you went been on is April 6th. Uh, that was April 6th, 2003, when the words were first opened. And we, we go, because your, your end times is all based on a 42-month hour, which is, it's not like the normal clock. You're doing it your way. But still, we're within this timing. And Lord, you allow it to work out this way so that we can understand how we are. Dear Lord, and we are in now. The beginning of the uh, morning of the day of the Lord, as best I can understand it. And Father, I pray that you give clarity to that. We ask it in thy precious name, in Jesus' name. Amen.